Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM Radio, life-changing radio, WJMM. So grateful that you tune in every morning. Uh, I'm just so blessed to be a part of of this radio show, so blessed to, to lead the Encounter Ministry, so blessed that we have listeners that tune in each and every day. Uh, please continue to email me if uh, you, you listen to the program at bill at thehopeencounter.org. Love to hear from you. Love for you to show up in an encounter service on a Friday night at 1301 Brandon Road, just like tonight uh, at 530, free dinner, 630 service. And once again, I just want to thank you for your continued support of the encounter ministry, especially now during the holidays. There's so many families we want to help, so many so many things we want to accomplish and to get through the year end. Would you consider a year end giving gift uh, to the Encounter Ministry. For more information about that, you can email me or go to our website, thehopeencounter.org. Today, on the Encounter Radio Show, I want to talk to you about becoming a hero of faith. Uh, in Hebrews 11, uh, we call that uh, the Hall, not the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith. And there's two, there's sort of two, uh, if you look at the, the, the entire chapter 11, I'm going to read verses 32 through 35. And what I, I find these three verses amazing because it's a second group of people that lived out, I mean, we're talking like crazy, courageous faith. And it says this, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and all the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the the mouths of lions quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain even a better resurrection. You know, a couple of years ago, my good friend Paul Westfall was inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame. We had the honor of attending the ceremony. Um, a year after that, he tragically passed away. Uh, and, but it was an honor and an auspicious club to be a part of. But back then, Paul would be the first person to tell you that he would rather be voted in the list of people named in Hebrews, the Hall of Faith, not the Hall of Fame. And when you read Hebrews 11 in its entirety, like I mentioned, it lists not just the Hall of Fame people, but the Hall of Faith people. And it was a list of people who were commended for having faith and being sure of what they hoped for and certain of what they could not see. And Hebrews chapter 11 lists two groups of people, like I mentioned, and they're both worth noting and studying. But when you get to verse 32, there's something more to the list. The list outlines in detail their resume or achievements that landed them on that list. And if we're to make the cut into the Hall of Faith Club, every person should have, and every person should have the goal of making that cut. Here are the specific requirements from those three passages, some of those three verses that we talked about the specific requirements to make that list. Number one, through faith they conquered kingdoms. Jesus was all about his father's business, and that was operating on the kingdom principles, exacting kingdom judgment on other kingdoms, specifically the kingdom of darkness. Number two, they administer justice. As kingdom representatives who holds the keys to the kingdom of heaven, we can exact judgment by operating in authority and the authority we inherit when we receive the kingdom. When we open up our hearts to Jesus and the Holy Spirit takes residence in us, 
We now have a kingdom representative established under kingdom rule operating in our kingdom jurisdiction and on our property. It's so important for you to know that, that you are a kingdom representative. And now, listen, let me, let me just give you a great example or analogy. When the United States builds an embassy in another country, that property and building is recognized as property and land belonging to the United States of America. That country has no jurisdiction over our embassy. It's the same with us. This world is not our home. We share it with the defeated kingdom of darkness. We share it with unbelievers. We share it with angels. We share it with principalities. But we are a walking, talking, praying, born-again, embassy-built property of the kingdom of heaven that can bind and loose whatever can be bound and loosed in heaven here on planet earth. We can bind the forces of evil and loose the power of God and by doing so administer justice. If all you're about if all you're about is social justice and don't understand spiritual justice and exacting spiritual justice, then the justice you're a part of is just empty works. You are most likely doing it because society is guilting you into doing it instead of being convicted by the Holy Spirit to do it. See, that's works instead of grace. That's self instead of being filled with the Spirit. That's the law instead of being led. That's carnal Christianity that grieves the Holy Spirit. That's putting society and the culture before the kingdom and the principles of heaven. So listen. You are called to be a kingdom representative operating under kingdom jurisdiction exacting kingdom judgment because you have authority to do so in Jesus' name. Here's another thing that was part of their resume. They gained what was promised. See, you either trust in the promises of God or you don't. You either believe that all of God's promises are yes and amen to those that are in Christ or you don't. And here's how you know that you're trusting in God's promises. List several that you can name the moment you're hearing this. What promises are you banking on today? And if you can't, if none come to mind, don't feel guilty. My, my intent is never to make anyone feel guilty. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to the promises that God wants fulfilled in your life. And what you do, once you come across one, here's what you do. Believe it, pray for it until it comes to pass in your life and thank God for his faithfulness and leave the results to him and he will take personal responsibility for your life and the fulfillment of that promise. You just pray it. Number four, they shut the mouth of lions. I love that one. Is, is, is that going to be on your epitaph? Is that your epitaph going to be on your tombstone when you die? See, you have an adversary that's been accusing you before God day and night. You have people who have and will continue to speak words of hate, discord, and destruction in your life. But friends, you are called to be an overcomer. And you are called to shut the mouth of the lion and never let that voice roar in your life ever again. Again, those voices will not prevail. If you're listening to the Encounter Radio Show today, those voices will not prevail. You will refute the tongue of your accusers because it is part of your inheritance package you received when you were born again and declared not guilty by Almighty God. But just don't take my word for it. Look at what the prophet Isaiah said in 54, 17. No weapon formed against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Speaking of promises, that one needs to be close to the top of your list. Number five, here's, an, here's another layer, another item add to their resume of why they made the hall 
not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith. They quench the fury of the flames. You know, my wife loves the song, There's Another in the Fire. And she loves the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego uh, being thrown into fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar. And, you know, God is with us in the fire. And if we have the faith that knows that God will save us no matter how fierce the fire is, and my wife loves saying this all the time, we'll come out without burns, not even smelling of smoke. That's her testimony. That's my testimony. And that should be your testimony as well. And number six, they escape the edge of the sword. Psalm 91 reminds us that God saves us from the fowler's snare, the terrors, the arrows that fly, the arrows that fly by day, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, and the plague that strikes at midday. But tens of thousands are being destroyed by your side. See, the armor of God that dresses us for battle each day routes and destroys the principalities and pretensions that set itself against the knowledge of God. What does all that mean? It means that there are forces out to destroy your life each and every day. But you are escaping them by the edge of the sword. And if they can't take your life, they're going to wreak havoc on your mind, your faith, your relationships, and your loved ones. But once you realize that people are not the enemy because we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and evil rulers of this dark world, then you will know who the real enemy is. And now you can put together a plan of attack and warfare strategy that will destroy and wipe out the enemy and help you escape the edge of the sword. Number seven, they turn their weakness into strength. I love this one. Second Corinthians 12 says, but he, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, once you realize this upside down principle of God taking our greatest weakness and turning that into our greatest strength, then nothing in all creation can stop the plan of God in your life. But it takes humility and pride has to be destroyed in your life because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Number eight, they became powerful in battle. See, pandemics, battles, deserts, fires, floods, storms, trials, all have a purpose. And when we embrace the character and purpose of God in them, we become powerful in battle. And battles test us to make us stronger. Number nine, it says they routed foreign armies. You know, I can think of a lot of foreign armies uh, like viruses, like socialism, Marxism, Satanism. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, the stuff that they're teaching our kids today in school. Uh, I mean, it's transgenderism. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy stuff. I mean, the, the, the God's design. Uh, for a man and a woman and God's design for marriage has been under attack for years. And there's, there's been a war that's been wreaking havoc uh, with death, illness, fear, destruction, anxiety, paralyzing societies emotionally, socially, relationally, spiritually, and physically. It's an invisible giant that people are frozen uh, in fear from. There's so many things that people are afraid of today. People are afraid of our, our, our economy collapsing. So many things that people just live in fear. I can recall the story of David and, and, and the giant Goliath. See, the giant would come out every day and taunt the Israelites, and they would retreat and run away in fear. 
This happened because they focused on the size of the giant, and by doing so, they lost sight of how big God was. By looking at the giant first and not God, the giant was enormous, and guess what? Their God became real small. David didn't see the giant that way. He never lost sight of how big his God was, and by doing so, that giant seemed real small compared to a mighty God, and he was no match for a man who believed in the power of God, and he routed that foreign enemy. See, You see, David... David always saw that giant in relationship to a, a giant God. And that made that giant real small and easy to defeat. And number 10, they truly believed that God raised the dead. Scripture tells us that women received back their dead and they were raised to life again. I don't want to get all weird on you on this radio show and have you check out, but their faith was so powerful that their loved ones were raised from the dead. See, we believe in the resurrection of Jesus, but how far does that belief go for you? Do you believe that you're going to experience a resurrection when you die? Do you? Of course you do. Because you're banking your entire life and belief system on the fact that we serve a God who raises to dead. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? Those who really believe that have no fear in death whatsoever. So if you're afraid of dying, it means you don't really understand what it means to be born again because you've never really had a salvation experience or don't know what actually transpired the day you got saved and then embraced the crucified life of Christ by dying to yourself and being made new each and every day. See, whenever you get tested and attacked by the enemy, you retreat instead of getting into the position of victory by overcoming him by the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, and the fact that you lived your life not being afraid to die. Friends, these are all attributes of people who made the hall not of fame, but of faith. I want you to operate in, I want you to operate in great faith. Because behind every self-defeating thing that you'll ever do in your life is a lie that you believe. You have to believe the truth, and that takes faith to operate in faith to be a God-pleaser. I hope this has encouraged you to operate in faith. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Radio Show.